Welcome to Salisbury Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. The sermon you are about to listen to was delivered on June 24, 2012. This week, we take a look at James 3 and how we can tame the fiery tongue. Be sure to check out our website at salisburychristianchurch.org for the latest news and events at Salisbury Christian Church. I remember as a kid uh, growing up at the church in Ashland, uh, we would have children's story every morning. And uh, mom was the one who had the duties of doing the children's story. And uh, she would come forward and uh, she would sit on the steps of, uh, to go up to the uh, stage and all the kids would sit down and we'd have a lesson, a quick lesson. Uh, sometimes it didn't go as well as she would have hoped because there were kids running around and uh, some kid trying to make a joke or poking his brother or sister. But one particular time, I remember uh, mom asked the kids, what do you think is your most important body part? Now when you ask kids that, you get a whole array of answers. Uh, some that are probably not appropriate for church, but uh, the kids did it anyway. But I got to thinking, I think I was about, oh, I was probably about seven or eight when she asked the question. And I just remember sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, what is the most important body part? And uh, to me, it was, it was the eyes because it's what you use to see the rest of the world, the way you see and connect with everybody else. And boy, I thought that was a pretty good answer. So I said, the eyes. And of course, mom. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, your hands. Nope. Wow. Somebody said, your brain, and I'm like, oh, that's got to be it, the brain, the brain. Nope. And mom said, it's the tongue. And uh, the only thing that I really remember using my tongue for was tasting the food that I would uh, shove down my throat. <laughs> but despite its size, in relation to other body parts, the tongue takes center stage in uh, numerous New Testament passages. The tongue is mighty for its size. James definitely knew that its size did not reduce its important function. Now, when James speaks of the tongue, it's not just the tongue. It's what you say out of your mouth. It's what you say to others. It's maybe even what you think to yourself. But the tongue is generally used when speaking to others. Uh, you could say that James really understood the saying, dynamite comes in small packages. Today we're going to be taking a look at uh, James chapter 3 and what he has to say about the all-important tongue. And while he is speaking to teachers in this passage, I think it goes a very long way uh, in teaching all Christians how and why we should tame our tongues. First of all, if we take a look at uh, chapter 3 and verses 3 through 5, we can see that the tongue has great power in relation to its size. Uh, I looked it up. It's only about 2 ounces in weight. Um, 
I don't know if it's bigger on some people or not, but I know it's longer. My grandma could stick her tongue out and touch the tip of her nose. How many of you can do that? Vicky can. You want to show us, Vicky? Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, but I can't. But anyway, the tongue is a very uh, small member of the body. But in verses 3 through 5, James shows us that it is a very powerful part of the body. Take a look uh, at verse 3. It says, When we put bits into the mouth of horses, horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Verse 4, Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder whenever the, wherever the pilot wants to go. Here, James uses these analogies to show us that a lot of things are controlled by small pieces of the whole. With a horse, you think of a horse and uh, how large and powerful these animals are, and just by the bit in their mouth, you pull, turn them one way, you pull, you turn them the other way. With just that bit and controlling the tongue of the horse, you control the whole horse, not just its mouth. And as James says about, uh, about the ships, a very large ship, whether it's on uh, the seas or on the river or wherever, even though there's strong winds or waves, it's still steered by a small rudder. Think of the massive ships that are turned by such a small proportion of a rudder, especially back then. They didn't have these huge propellers. Uh, it was just a small rudder that turned these ships wherever the pilot wanted to go. But think about the implications of this analogy. Think about the situations when what someone says with this small tongue has large, lasting impacts. Many of you are married. Think about the day you were married. With the tongue, you uttered the words, I do. And in God's sight, that, those two words are supposed to change you forever. You're making a, a promise before God and before your partner and before the people there assembled that you are going to love that person, have that person, be a partner with that person forever. Two simple words have a lasting impact. Now, I hope none of you have experienced this one, but in a courtroom, think about uh, when the jury reads the verdict. It's a very short answer, guilty or not guilty. They read the charges and guilty or not guilty. Those small words, those short phrases of the tongue, have lasting impact upon the person to whom they are directed. Of course, we can think of many other examples of where some small thing has had, uh, that we have said has had lasting impact, probably not the impact that uh, we wanted it to have. But the power of the tongue, simple words alone have even changed the course of history. We think of declarations of war. We think about uh, Adolf Hitler with his charismatic speech and just as his words, he turned a nation against one ethnic group. You think about Harry Truman authorizing the dropping of the atomic bombs. At his command, hundreds of thousands of people 
lost their lives in an instant. What you say with your tongue will have lasting impact. It's not, it may have lasting impact. What you say will have a lasting impact on you and others. Whether it's a positive impact or a negative impact is for you to decide. James moves on in verses uh, 6 through 8 to show us what an untamed tongue looks like. And uh, I know we're all sweating, and I hope this makes you sweat a little bit more. <laughs> Take a uh, look at uh, verse 6. It says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The fire that comes out of the tongue, that sets whole men and their whole lives in flames, is ignited by the fires of hell. The fire being spewed can be blasphemy or profanity, slander or gossip or complaining and criticizing. When we think of it in the terms of the fire coming from hell, and we put it into this context, it may bring to mind some of the things, the harsh words that we have said to other people. How many of us have spewed forth at least one of these things, blasphemy or profanity or slander or gossip or complaining and criticizing? I don't think one person in this room is innocent of at least one of these charges. These words have lasting impact. And James says here that the fire that is the tongue comes straight from hell. In verse 7, uh, James mentions an untamed tongue is harder to bring un under control than the beasts of the earth. Let's see what it says. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. When I think of this uh, deadly poison coming out of the mouth or spitting out of the mouth, my brain automatically goes to Jurassic Park. Uh, if you remember the movie, I think it was back in 93 or 94 with all the dinosaurs, this guy recreates the dinosaurs. and uh, There was a uh, dinosaur called a, a Dilophosaurus. And it was about uh, six or seven feet tall, and the frills would come out on its, uh, on its uh, neck, and it would open its mouth and hiss and spit poison at the guy. And that poison would blind him, and uh, then the dinosaur could have him for dinner. <laughs> well, this is what I think of when, uh, when James says, full of deadly poison. It's that spitting of poison at someone that's not just affecting you, but it's affecting everybody that those words touch. The deadly poison that, that can come from your mouth is able to inflict injury and cause a slow, painful death. The untamed tongue's poisonous sting has torn families apart. It has ended friendships. It has created disunity among Christians. And it's even closed church doors. Words from our untamed tongues may ease the fire of anger within us for a time. 
but it also fans the flame of angers in others. Have you ever been a part or seen a shouting match before? One person shouts at another. The other person gets angry and shouts back. That person gets even more angry and it shouts back and it keeps going and building and building and building before too long you say something you do not, that you do regret. And it comes from the tongue. A two ounce piece of membrane in your mouth. Yes, the tongue is powerful for its size and it can be used to poison those around us, but it can also be used for great good. Take a look at uh, verse 9. We can uh, build each other up with our tongue, with our words. We can express the deepest of emotions and we can praise our God. Verse 9 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. You see, we can do one of two things with the words we say. We can use it as a poison or a consuming fire to get rid of our anger and cut someone down, or we can praise men who are made in the image of God, just as we are. Or we can praise God or build others up or encourage and comfort. We can do that with our tongue. But James says we can't have it both ways. He says praise and all the other poison is incompatible. It's inconsistent. He says this should not be. James is in effect saying that if we leave our tongue untamed, then we can't truly praise God when it comes time to do so. In the last two verses of this section, James gets to the heart of the matter. There's a pun intended. Gets to the heart of the matter. Look at what he says. Uh, verse 10, out of the same mouth Come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? What's the answer? No. <laughs> no. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from this same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? No. A fig tree can only bear figs. A grapevine can only bear grapes. A fresh spring can only bear fresh water. And a poisonous heart produces a poisonous tongue. James says that if we have Christ in our hearts, it should not be possible to have this fiery tongue, this fiery poison inside of us. The spewing of fiery poison is just a symptom of something much worse. What you say is an overflow of what and who is most present in your heart. The fiery tongue that spits and sputters, nothing but poison is a sign that someone other than Christ is at work in you. Yet if we give every part of ourselves over to Christ, then we will be able to put out that fiery tongue with his overflowing love. The hymnist, Kate Wilkinson, 
wrote only one hymn that uh, some may know of. It's called, May the Mind of Christ My Savior. I haven't heard this hymn before, but the first verse says this. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day by his love and power controlling all I do and all I say. You see, if we have Christ in our hearts and we give everything over to him, he will control what we say. But if we have someone or something else in our heart, whatever is controlling our heart, it will control our speech. It will control what we do. It will control what we say. This morning I ask you, what will you use your tongue for besides eating? What will you say? How will you say it? And what kind of an impact will it have on our brothers and sisters? 